And joining me right now here on the phone line to recap Championship Sunday, this guy does a great job there in Jacksonville for 1010XL and especially with the Jaguars Radio Network. He's my good friend, Ryan Hacker-Green. Ryan, how you doing today? Mark, I'm good, buddy. How are you? I am fine. I'm a little tired from watching those two emotional games yesterday. Do you feel, we'll start there, do you feel that as, as well? Those games were really good yesterday. Yeah, it was great football. Great football. A lot of questions for both, uh, certainly Baltimore and Detroit, which I know we'll get into. But, yeah, it's what Championship Sunday is all about. It's supposed to be the four best teams playing. I think we got that yesterday in two spectacular games. Let's start with the AFC, especially because you covered the Jaguars. Did the Chiefs win, or did Baltimore completely choke yesterday? Uh, I think it was a little bit of both. I mean, Kansas City in the first half came out there and played very well offensively. Uh, now, Lamar, when he responded with that touchdown to Zay Flowers, you're thinking, all right, we're going to have a shootout on our hands. And lo and behold, there was basically no scoring in the entire second half. I think it was 3 nothing Baltimore in the second half. I mean, it did not feel like a defensive slugfest. Some people think those are boring. I was not bored at all by that game yesterday. Uh, but I think looking back at it, Mark, in retrospect this morning and early this afternoon and re-watching some of the game, boy, Baltimore made a lot of mistakes that were uncharacteristic of them. They completely abandoned the running game. I mean, when you're dropping back to throw the ball on 80% of your offensive snaps, that is not who Baltimore is. But I think you got to give credit to Steve Spagnuolo. You know, all the talk about Andy Reid and Mahomes and Kelsey, and obviously they're the stars. But doesn't it seem like every time this time of year, it's Steve Spagnuolo and that Chiefs defense that finds a way to win football games? What if I told you last week, Kansas City would go on the road, score 17 points, and win the game? What would you tell me? Yeah, I would not have believed you. And in fact, I would not have believed you that they would go in a seven-day period into Buffalo, into Bills Mafia, and win. And then the first AFC championship game ever as the Baltimore Ravens. It was the first AFC title game uh, since 1971 in the city of Baltimore. And for the Chiefs to go in there and win seven days later, just spectacular. I mean, all the talk was get Patrick Mahomes out of Arrowhead. Well, okay, he arguably went into two of the hardest places in the National Football League, won both of them, going to another Super Bowl. What is this? I believe it's fourth Super Bowl in five years, I want to say. Uh, just spectacular work by the Chiefs. Again, the offense and the defense. And and Baltimore's going to be kicking themselves, Mark. I mean, Zay oh. Flowers, the fumble, I mean, that is just brutal. The Lamar interception, I don't know what he was doing, throwing it to Likely there in triple coverage in the end zone. Baltimore made mistakes, but man alive, Kansas City, give them a lot of credit. It, it just feels like... Baltimore was so undisciplined. I mean, the the taunting call was so terrible. It, it just everyone saw that. Does Jim Harbaugh, or I'm sorry, John Harbaugh, does he need to get most of this blame for yesterday? I don't know if he needs to get some blame. They were undisciplined, and it was stupid. You know, I had people watching the game with me saying, "Oh, it's a Taylor Swift NFL conspiracy," and I'm saying, guys, defend some of these penalties. Mahomes got punched in the face. That yeah. is a personal foul. Kyle Van Oy came over and headbutted Travis Kelsey. That is a personal foul. Jadavian Clowney, I mean, that's roughing the passer. 
You cannot defend that. And then the, the taunting on Flowers, you cannot spin the ball, get up on your opponent, flex at him, and stare at him while he's on the ground. That is taunting. There is no Taylor Swift, Kansas City conspiracy theory. And I love, Mark, a good conspiracy theory. There was nothing there. Those were penalties against Baltimore. They deserve to be called. So, yeah, it was undisciplined football. Look, it's hard enough to beat Kansas City in the postseason, much less do it when you're committing dumb, stupid mistakes like that. I I couldn't get over the taunting. And then there would be plays, even the defense, who played great, by the way. I will give credit to the Baltimore defense. They're making tackles in the fourth quarter, and then they're flexing as well. I'm like, you're losing the game. There's no urgency from this football team. My question for you is, Ryan Hacker-Green, what does this do to Lamar Jackson now after this? Because we killed Josh Allen last week. Now about what's Lamar now moving forward? Yeah, I mean, Lamar's a guy that can't win the big game. Whether that's uh, you know the correct um, thought on him or not, that will be the prevailing thought. This offseason, he's now two and four in the playoffs. Um, by the way, John Harbaugh, going back to him for a second, he's only won three playoff games since their Super Bowl win oh. in 2012, which I think a lot of people would be surprised by. So Baltimore's a great regular season football team, but they don't get it done in the postseason. At least they haven't for the last decade. And that'll be the M.O. on Lamar now moving forward. That'll be all the talk. And what did we say about Lamar Jackson the entire really length of his career, Mark. I mean, you get in front of him, and it's hard for Baltimore to come back. But then this year, Todd Munkin, the new OC, they're scoring a ton of points. Lamar's going to be the MVP. That narrative has changed. Well, no, it didn't. They got down yesterday, and they could not come back again. So, look, there's a lot of talent there with Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely and that running game. And they're going to be okay but clearly, this will follow him again until the postseason next year. And the M.O. on Lamar Jackson now, and it's correct in my opinion, yeah. four playoff appearances, only two wins. He cannot win the big games in the month of January. Dude, you love football. I don't understand. Okay, you abandon the run. You're at home. You got a great running attack. And then Lamar's in the shotgun. And every time he snaps it, he runs back five yards. I just, I can't get over the game plan by Baltimore. It just, did they horribly choke yesterday against Kansas City? Yeah, whether you call it a choke or whether you call it panic, I do think there might have been some panic with the game plan, particularly after Kansas City went down and scored those early touchdowns. But as you said, the Baltimore defense settled in. I mean, Baltimore's defense did not let Kansas City score a single point in the second half, yet the offense could not get out of their own way. And those turnovers are just crushers, man. Crushing. I mean, just backbreakers. The, the, the game might have as well been over when Zay Flowers fumbled. Uh, you're not going to recover from something like that. I don't fault the kid for making a play, but just tuck that into your body. You dive, it's going to be the same result. You would have scored. Reaching that ball out gives Snead credit for knocking it out. But, man, that was that was a killer, and that'll be something they'll be thinking about in Baltimore for a long time. Isn't that kind of like the Ernest Biner Cleveland Browns thing where they're at Denver? I know we were young when that happened in the 80s. Isn't that kind of the same thing? He thinks he's going to score the touchdown and then fumbles at the one-yard line. Yeah, very, very similar. And give Lajarius Sneed credit. I mean, yes. he's a savvy veteran. He saw the ball being held out there. He went and punched it out. But uh, Zay Flowers will learn from that. It's a costly uh 
error that he's going to have to learn from. It's certainly going to be a growing pain moment for him. But if you look and see where he landed, if he would have tucked the ball into his body, that's a touchdown. His body, his torso landed in the end zone anyway. There was really no need to stick that ball out the way he did. That's why we play the games, buddy. You know that. That's why you play them. Um, Travis Kelsey. Is he first ballot Hall of Famer now after this run he's done in this postseason? Oh, my gosh. He's first ballot Hall of Famer every day of the week and twice on Sunday. He's the best tight end, I think, that's ever played the game. I mean, the guy just passed Jerry Rice for receptions in the postseason. He passed Jerry Rice. That's incredible. Who would have ever thought that would would be the case when somebody in our era can pass a legend – like Jerry Rice, particularly from the tight end position. The guy is sensational. Every time he gets doubted, he proves people wrong. Remember earlier in the year, he's too old. He's slowing down, too much tread on the tires, whatever verbiage you want to use. And all he does now is in back-to-back weeks, absolutely destroy Buffalo and absolutely destroy Baltimore. So not only is he a first ballot Hall of Famer, he's one of the best football players the game has ever seen. And if he gets a third Super Bowl to go with Mahomes, I think you have to have a real conversation at that point. Are they the best quarterback, wide receiver, slash tight end combo in the history of the NFL? And look, they lose Tyree Kill, who's going to the Hall of Fame, and has put up monster stats for the Dolphins, and they're going back-to-back Super Bowls. It's incredible. It really is. My question for you, Ryan Hacker-Green. You cover the Jaguars. You saw 2017. They should have beaten the Patriots. Jaguars should have gone to the Super Bowl. They were right there. Then you had last year. You win the playoff game, then you lose to the Chiefs. Do you feel like you better take advantage of your opportunity now because you don't know if you're going to be good next year? Well, that's the thing. you know. And I know we'll get to Detroit, and, and I hear all the talk coming out of Detroit in the locker room last night about we'll be back. We're going to use this as fuel. Take it from us. Here in Duval County, it's not exactly that simple. We said the same thing after 2017. We said the same thing after last year. Oh, yeah, they're built. You know, we're going to compete every year. It's hard. Take it from Dan Marino down your way, Mark. I mean, obviously, he goes to the Super Bowl with his rookie year, and he never got back. So uh, it's it's, in the moment you think that, yeah, we're going to use fuel and we'll be back. That is a lot. Um, easier said than done, which, again, is just a testament to Mahomes and what he's been able to do. 14 playoff wins. Uh, second, He's tied for second, only to Tom Brady, obviously. Uh, and Joe, I believe Joe Montana. I'm not sure how many Montana has. But anyway, Mahomes is in the top three of postseason victories, and he's 28 years old with 14 playoff wins already. The guy is absolutely sensational, and it'll be fun to watch him again in the Super Bowl here in a couple of weeks. Do you think he has a chance now to catch Brady? Well, see, it goes back to numbers, right? Do I think Patrick Mahomes is going to win seven Super Bowls? I mean, that's hard. I mean, how can you, you know, I don't know if anybody can ever win seven Super Bowls. I guess the question it boils down to, Mark, is does he need to win seven Super Bowls? Could he be considered better than Brady with five Super Bowls, or does he need seven? Uh, to catch him. I mean, I think some people will say the seven Super Bowls alone are going to put Brady over the top of anybody. I don't know if I'm in that camp. I think Mahomes is in the conversation. But clearly people this morning saying that he's already better than Brady 
I would pump the brakes on that, right? He's won two Super Bowls. Tom Brady won seven. So I think there is still a pretty big gap there, a pretty big difference between the two. But certainly, if Mahomes gets one or two more and gets in that four range, that five range, I think you will absolutely have a conversation at that point. Okay, if you're Brady, you could also say, hey, I met you in the AFC Championship game in Arrowhead and beat you, and I killed you in the Super Bowl at the Buccaneers. Doesn't he have that over Mahomes? He does. Now, I think the argument there would be New England won that game because Frank Clark lined up offsides. Uh, so if people remember that, there was a key offsides penalty that obviously oh, yeah. had nothing to do with Mahomes. And in the Super Bowl, uh, Mahomes lost his two offensive tackles. So he basically had me and you out there blocking for him. Uh, and Tampa Bay did whatever they wanted to in chasing him all over the field. So there are caveats to both. But, yeah, if you're in the Brady camp, you can say, yeah, I beat you twice head-to-head in two gigantic games. Those are two big check marks in Tom Brady's column. We're here with Ryan Hacker Green. All right, let's go to Detroit and San Francisco. Were you screaming at the television by some of those coaching decisions by Detroit? Let me say this, Mark. I love Dan Campbell. I love everything about Dan Campbell. I wish he uh, you know, was, quite frankly, the coach in Jacksonville. Not that I don't love Doug Peterson. The job he's done there, I just think that much of Dan Campbell. I respect the man. But you can respect the man and fault him at the same time. And, yeah, terrible decisions yesterday, just terrible. And I see people saying, well, it's what Detroit's done all year. They wouldn't have been there if it weren't for these fourth down calls. Well, that's all fine and well, but you have to read the room, man. It's 24-10 in the NFC Championship game. You know San Francisco's going to make a run. You know they are kick the field goal, it would have been a 45-yarder, go up 27-10, to 10, and you're up three scores with eight minutes to go in the third. And instead, they miss that fourth down, and will Josh Reynolds drop the ball? I don't care. He would not have been in position to drop the ball had you kicked the field goal to go up 27-10. And then you blink your eyes, and it's 24 apiece. So uh, I understand the gambler in Dan Campbell. I understand the you know, moxie and the bravado and the testosterone and we're going to go in there and we're going to take it to you and we're going to kick your you-know-what and this, that, and the other. And that's all great and fine. But 24-10 in the NFC title game with a chance to go up 17 and you don't do that, Mark, I thought that was a horrific decision by Dan Campbell. What about the third down and goal where you have three timeouts and you do the ridiculous run play to to blow it, lose the timeout. I mean, it was just awful. Uh, every, was it like an avalanche of stupidity just hit them in the third and fourth quarter? Yeah, terrible decision. Now, again, if they score on that play, we're not having the conversation. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm. But they ran the ball. They It forced them to call a timeout. Look, it was a minute to go, and you were down 10. You had to score. Um, would they have still been able to tie the game if they had that third timeout i don't know i think san francisco would have obviously be a little more um eager to get a first down on their possession but right when montgomery gets tackled at the two yard line forcing him to burn that timeout the game essentially was over at that point yeah. it was a fiasco in a lot of different regards for the lions uh, and it's really a shame too because what a great story with such an absolutely horrific ending how many drops by the wide receivers also cost Detroit in that second half? You know, it's almost as if Detroit remembered they were Detroit for <laughs> yes. a little bit, right? Like, oh, we are the Lions, right? We got to do a couple of stupid things. 
Uh, and, and I feel bad for the city. I feel bad they had that huge watch party at Ford Field. I got a couple of Detroit diehard buddies of mine that were almost inconsolable last night. And I really did feel bad for them because they outplayed San Francisco for the most part. And actually, that's two weeks in a row, Mark. I think San Francisco has probably been outplayed. I think Green Bay probably outplayed them as well. But give them credit. They found yeah. ways to win both games. I'll tell you this. Uh, um, I hope I get more excited about the Super Bowl because uh, I was really fired up with the idea of it being Kansas City and Detroit. I don't know about you. Kansas City, San Francisco, on the surface right now, doesn't do as much for me as it would if it were Kansas City and Detroit. So I'll try to get there over the next week and a half. But I had set my eyes on KC and Detroit thinking, what great storylines, what great theater. San Francisco kind of stealing that from us left a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth last night. Give me your thoughts about Brock Purdy then, who's now, he might be 4-1 and one in the playoffs and he's going to the Super Bowl. I mean, he's Mr. Irrelevant, but he's certainly irrelevant now, right, from the last pick in the draft to the Super Bowl. And he's done some great things, particularly in the fourth quarter against Green Bay and against Detroit and the scrambling ability. It really is a great story. And I think one of the things that's going to be talked about as we move along here in the next couple of weeks leading up to the game, San Francisco survived what arguably could have been the worst trade in NFL history. What they gave up to move up to take Trey Lance, Mm -hmm. who did less than nothing for them, and it did not affect them one iota. It did not affect them at all. It is crazy. The draft capital they gave up to take Trey Lance, and it has not affected them at all, because they happen to find this guy in Brock Purdy who has led them back to the Super Bowl. So what could have been an awful trade that could have really altered the franchise has had no effect on them, and it's quite a fascinating story. He had the game that Lamar Jackson was supposed to have yesterday in Brock Purdy. Think about that. He had, he was scrambling. He did better than Lamar Jackson. That's another one. What if I would have told you that on Friday? You wouldn't have believed me. No way. No, yeah, I wouldn't have. And and look, he's got a lot of help, obviously, from Jawan Jennings, Devo Samuel, McCaffrey. My goodness, how good was he? And then George Kittle. I mean, they got a lot of talent. There's no question. Uh, And again, you know, San Francisco is a team that really their season restarted right up here in Jacksonville. Remember, they lost three games in a row. They had injury problems. They went into that bye week. And they come out here against the Jaguars and just absolutely beat the tar out of the Jaguars. I want to say that was week nine, week 10. And really, other than the Baltimore game on Christmas night, San Francisco has been the best team clearly in the NFC and probably in the NFL over the last two months. Let's end with this. Okay, two weeks out. I think the spread's about two points. What do you think of this game? Uh, One team has Patrick Mahomes, and one team does not. And to me, that's what it all boils down to. I, I thought... Buffalo would get the best of Mahomes. They did not. I thought Baltimore would get the best of Mahomes. They did not. And I have learned my lesson, sir, after the last couple of weeks. So you can, we can slice and dice it every which way. I know you will on your show down yeah. there. I will on my show up here in Jacksonville. And we'll bring guests on. And we'll really break it down. But to me, at a very elementary level, one team has Patrick Mahomes. One team does not. And for that reason, and literally that reason alone, I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll tell you this, and you brought this up earlier. 
Spagnola is the difference here. This reminds me of those Giants teams of the Eli Manning. It's it's not all Mahomes. It's not this time. That defense is nasty and destroyed three teams in the playoffs. And I think they can win the Super Bowl on their own. And then having Mahomes just takes it to another level. I I think it's the defense has carried this team, this postseason run, Ryan. That's a good point. And, yeah, they went through Miami as well. You kind of forget that. That seems so long ago. Yeah. So you go Miami, uh, Buffalo, Baltimore, back to back to back. And Spagnuolo, it's inter- interesting. Some guys, Mark, are just not good head coaches. Yeah. For whatever reason, they just don't work out as head coaches. As coordinators, they are phenomenal. And Steve Spagnolo is not a good coordinator, not a great coordinator. He is a phenomenal defensive coordinator. And I think you're right. That defense, it'll be very interesting. Kyle Shanahan's offense against Steve Spagnolo's defense. They, uh, for three straight weeks, I'll let you go. The quarterback. So you got Tua, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. We're going to stack the line, take away the run, and you have to throw it deep on us. And we're going to see what you can do. And it worked every single week. It's phenomenal, the job he did. It really is. It was. I'll, I'll keep this in mind, though. It's going to be interesting when you watch this game. I've talked to a lot of buddies on Kansas City that do sports radio out there. Mm. This could be the changing of the guard, though. They they hope to win this game, obviously. But they're like $30 million under the cap, but they have a million free agents. Yeah. And there's legitimate talk out there from Chris Jones to Legarius Sneed guys of that sort, that they will not be back in Kansas City next year. So that defense, hopefully they can get one more ring because that defense might look a lot different in 2024. But if you ask a Jaguars fan, hey, you want to win one Super Bowl, then be bad for five straight years? Sign me up. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Oh. Absolutely. Ryan Green, my man, thanks for your help and have a great day. Hey, Mark, take care, brother. Anytime.